Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And so he's got this warfare going on, he's aware of, and, 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 but there's another front to this warfare, that's one front of the war, but there's another front, that, that front that, that he's aware, that, that I was just talking about, that's the front of external forces of darkness. But there's, there's two fronts now, and this other front is, is, is spoken about Romans 7.23, Romans 7.23, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I serve the law of God, but the flesh, the law of sin. So anyone who's entered into this narrow gate now sees that he's got a spiritual war going on the outside, that's one front against the devil and the powers of darkness, He's also got a warfare going on in another front against his own personal sinful desires. And the struggle against personal sinful desires, it's a fight. It's no less a fight than the one against the spirits. And that's what Paul's saying in 1 Corinthians 9.26, 1 Corinthians 9.26, I therefore so run, not certainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. So the battle against the internal forces of personal sin is a battle with a calling to take no prisoners, take no prisoners, put all to death, every sinful desire in a process that the Bible calls mortification. Doesn't call it imprisonment, it calls mortification. Colossians 3.5, Colossians 3.5. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil conspicuous, anyway, that word, and covetousness, which is idolatry. But, but he soon finds out, after he's entered into this, and he's on this war against personal sinful desires, he soon finds out that he can't do it alone. He's not able alone to put to death all these sinful tendencies and he needs help, and, and, and God says, I know you need help, and I'm not leaving you without help, because in your process to take no prisoners and put to death every sinful desire, I'm sending you the help, it's God the Holy Spirit. So God the Holy Spirit comes to help him in Romans 8.13, Romans 8.13. If you live after the flesh, you shall die, but if you, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the flesh, you shall live. So now he's got help, through the spirit in the mortifications. One thing, to fight an evil enemy that's without, 
it's really far more difficult to fight the sinful enemy of the flesh that's within. But anyone who's passed through that narrow gate, he realizes the warfare on two fronts, the external and the internal. And the warfare now requires new weapons, effective weapons, because this is not a warfare against flesh and blood. It's a warfare where the, the traditional weapons against flesh and blood, they're not working, so they won't work. So the new weapons that he needs are called in the scripture mighty weapons, mighty weapons because they don't come from God. In, in 2 Corinthians 10.4, 2 Corinthians 10.4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So, for example, what has he got for his new warfare? He's got a, he's got a complete set of armor that comes from God. In Ephesians 6, 6.13, Ephesians 6.13, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you might be able to stand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Now there's three very important parts uh, uh, that, that make a difference in, in his battle, his battle for him to be effective. And these three parts are listed in 2 Corinthians 6, 7. 2 Corinthians 6, 7, where it says, by, number one, the word of truth, by the, number two, power of God, by the, number three, armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. So the first part that's being spoken about in, in, in his warfare is the word of truth, 2 Corinthians 6, 7, the word of truth. That's the weapon of it is written. That's the weapon of the Bible says. That's the weapon which is called in Ephesians 6.17, Ephesians 6.17, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. There's great power to, in, in relying on that sword of the Bible says. And, and, okay. and then the second part, which we referred to here, is called the power of God. He doesn't rely on his own power. He doesn't rely on his own strength in this battle. He relies on the power of God. And then the third part here, referred to in 2 Corinthians 6, 7, is the armor of righteousness, the armor of righteousness. Now, if there's one downfall in, in, in life for him, it, it, it's, just, it's a life that would harbor a secret sin. That would be his, become his Achilles heel. That's his point of vulnerability that will bring him down. And, he, and, and as he realizes this, then he is quick to use and rely on 1 John 1.9, 1 John 1.9. He's quick to, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And you could say in that 1 John 1.9, the words, right now, if we confess our sins right now, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins right now and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness right now. Now, <clears throat> so there's something that he has that comes from him. There's something that he has in this battle that does come from him. It doesn't come from God, it comes from him. And this is so powerful that, what comes, that when he uses it, he gets victory over this filthy, sinful, perverted world that's all around him. And what's coming from him that's very important in his battle is it's described in 1 John 5, 9, 5, 4, 1 John 5, 4, 1 John 5, 4. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, 
And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So as soon as he enters into that narrow gate, he clearly sees that, that it's faith that's going to make the difference for him. Because he sees so clearly now the issue, the issues that he never saw before is that there's no middle ground here. There's no middle ground for anyone in life. He sees that either a person has life or he has death. He's either a person is either a person is saved or he's lost. Either a person is going to heaven or he's going he's bound for hell. He sees this. As a matter of fact, the the, the verse that we're talking about here, about the two roads, he sees that these two roads both lead to eternity. They both lead to eternity. One is an eternity in heaven, and the other is an eternity in hell. And once he passes through this narrow gate, there's no question in his mind. He knows that he knows that he's bound for heaven. But the, the, the greatest thing that he sees as he, as he goes through the narrow gate, and he looks back and he, he says, that gate was open for me. That gate was open for anyone. It talks about in the end of Romans 8, talks about the width of God's love and the breadth, the depth, of God's love. The width of God's love is the fact that that gate is open to anyone. The depth of God's love is that it doesn't matter what sin or how filthy a person is that, that, it, 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 that he can be saved. I believe the sin against the Holy Spirit is to, to ignore that gate. Yeah. So this is, this is the, the width of God's love that the gates so open in Revelation 22, 17. Revelation 22, 17. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let him that heareth say, come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. And now gates open. It's wide open because the Lord said in John 7, 37, John 7, 37, in that last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. No qualification other than your will to come. Your will to come. Now, that's about the narrow gate and the person who makes his way through the narrow gate into the narrow way. And the Lord said about the number in the verse 14, verse 14, few there be that find it. So what that person has actually done by fighting his way to get through the narrow gate, to get into the narrow gate, is so very rare that the Lord says, few there be that find it. Just a few people. They, they either pass by it, and they say, it's nothing, it's religion, it's not for me. Ah, religion kills a lot of people, I don't wanna be a part of that. Or they look at how narrow that gate is, and they say, it's too hard, it's too hard for me. I have to give up too much of what I like. It's too restrictive, I'll take a pass on that gate. And they don't enter into the narrow gate because they make a comparison like this. They look at it and say, well, see here. One gate's narrow, one gate's wide. I like the wide. You know, they say, one gate's narrow, one way is narrow, one way is wide. I like the wide. One gate's hard to get into, the other gate's easy to find. I like the easy. One has a, lot of few, has a few people in it, one has lots of people. I like the lots, lots of people. So, we ask ourselves the question, why? Why is, why is it that few people find it? Why? why? Why is it that few people actually go through that narrow gate? 
Well, one reason is because they just don't have the will to fight it, to fight in. And, and, and another is they don't want to surrender to God. No, I don't want to give my will to God. I don't think so. Another one is they just don't have the humility to get down on their knees and say, I'm a dirty, rotten sinner. Another one is, is that somehow people get on this deception that they're gonna dare God. I dare you to judge me for my sin. Because they're angry with God, they wanna get back to God, whatever. But the person who actually does turn and fight to get into that gate, that narrow gate, is small. It's very small. As a matter of fact, the Lord said about that in Luke 12, 32, Luke 12, 32, fear not little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Little flock, he calls them, because they're so small. They're so small. Maybe he's thinking about Noah. How many people got on that ark? Anybody could have. But as 1 Peter 3.20, 1 Peter 3.20 emphasizes, which sometime were disobedient, once the long-suffering God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. So, this, on the other hand, this wide gate, this broad way is, is where most people are found. It's the broad way. And the way is so attractive because it's broad. Many people are on it. They, they, and, and it's the way of see it with your eyes, get it. Where the lust of the eyes is guiding people, as, as Job described it, Job described it like this. A step, uh, uh, he said, my step, if my step hath turned out of the way, and my heart walked after my eyes. This is the broad way, which is what the world has. Just that most people, are their, their, their heart follows their eyes, the physical eyes. The narrow, way, the narrow way is the heart is following the eye of faith. The, the, the narrow way the eyes of faith sees and the heart follows. The broad way is the physical eyes see and the heart follows what the physical eyes sees. The, 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 the broad way is, the broad way is, uh, a man walking on a rooftop and sees a beautiful woman taking a bath and says, I want her, and so his heart follows. That's the broad way. The narrow way, the narrow way is, the narrow way, the narrow way is, I see a woman propositioning me, and I say, how can I do this wickedness against God? Those are the two ways. Now, one thing about the narrow way is that the sides are also closed in, so it keeps the person in line. But the Broadway has nothing on the side, and then close them in. And that's why the Lord said to, to Israel in Exodus 23.2, Exodus 23.2, thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. Now, there's a terrible description about where the Broadway is leading. And the terrible description is destruction. It's the way to destruction. Destruction. The, 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 the destruction. And I guess one way you can kind of look at these two ways is, 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 is by looking at a funnel and the way that the funnel is turned. So the narrow gate of heaven is, is like the funnel that's turned where you're facing the small end of the funnel, okay? And, and it looks very narrow, but actually it opens up. But you don't see that. So you just see it when you're standing here, you just see it looks very narrow, but then all of a sudden when you get in, it opens up, see? That's, that's Proverbs 4.18, Proverbs 4.18. The path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more and more, well, it just says more and more, more and more unto the perfect day. 
The more a person walks in this life with the Lord Jesus, the better his life becomes. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Every day with Jesus, I love him more and more. It gets, it gets, it gets broader as he goes out. Since I started for the kingdom, since my life he controls, since I gave my heart to Jesus, the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. It reminds me when I first came to the Lord, I was 19. And I, in 19, I felt like Superman. You know, health was all what it should be, and you know, everything was, and, and, but as I moved in on in life, more, more, more body parts started to misfunction. <laughs> sort of like happens to a car, only good for so many miles, and, and, and I moved on in life, and you know, the shoulder doesn't work like it should, and the knee doesn't work like it should, and et cetera, et cetera, I got a long list. Anyway, and so the body is just falling apart. And, and, but as that happens, the light of the Lord keeps getting brighter and brighter. The path of justice is a shining light that shines more and more into the perfect day. The deteriorating body, it doesn't matter because the Lord is getting brighter and brighter. Now, on the other hand, my friend is, you know, you know, is a director of a major dialysis clinic in Manhattan. And he told me one day, he says, you know, he has a lot of older women, and you know, they're 60s, 70s years old, and, and they were hippies in their days. They're atheists now, and now they're on dialysis, and they're coming to him in depression, and they want him to prescribe antidepressant medications because they're afraid of dying. They're afraid of dying. So when I was 19, I had a decision to make. To make. One way is surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ, enter through that narrow gate, and the other was no, refuse to surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ, stay on the broad way. Well, I surrendered, and I was 19, and then as I moved on into my 50s, health problems started coming, and then the 60s, oh, so many. But it's okay, because the light of the Lord's presence is getting brighter and brighter, and, I'm look, and it's looking more and more hopeful as we move on. Now, on the other hand, if I had been like those women who are coming to now, and had not surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ, moving on in life, experiencing more and more health problems leads to more and more depression, so that's the two gates, that's the, that's, that's the two funnels there. So the narrow funnel is looking at the narrow end of the funnel and it opens up as the Lord gets brighter and brighter. The wide gate, the broad way, is looking at the wide, turn the funnel around, and it looks so wide. But, but as, as he enters, as he goes down that way, it gets narrower and narrower. The more, you know, health is becoming worse and worse. And, 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 and that leads to depression. It narrows down till finally it's coming to to death, destruction, and hell. But uh, like I said, when you look at the narrow way, it opens up because the Lord said in John 10.10, John 10.10, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. That word abundantly means excessive. So I'm, I'm, I'm coming that they might take off. Now, it's interesting that the Lord Jesus describes death and hell with one word, destruction. You know, you think about a person, you think about a person, typical person life, their whole life. They're building, the whole life they're building. They're building up their health, they go to 24-hour fitness, they're building their muscles, they're building their body, they're, they're, they're eating all this stuff, they're building, building, building. They're building friendships, relationships, they're building a family, they're building a home, they're building up their possessions, they're building a career, they're building up their work their reputation, their hobbies, their recreations, and they're building their knowledge, too. Everything is building. All of, one, all of life is just one massive build. And the difference between the saved and the lost 
is just one building, and that is building a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes or no? Yes, saved, no, lost. If a person builds a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, that he's a savior, Lord of his life, he's entered into the narrow, narrow gate, and he started down the, 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 the road, the road of which the Lord said in John 14, 6 about this road, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. But if a person has not built that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, he's on this wide road, and the word is destruction. The end of this road is destruction. And the, and the Lord calls the people who are on that road fools, fool. He says in Luke 12, 12 18, Luke 12, 18, he said, this will I do, this is the fool speaking, this will I do, I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my gifts and my goods. And I'll say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years, take thine eyes, eat, drink, take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee, then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. See, the man says in Luke 12, 18, Luke 12, 18, I will build greater, like in life. And the Lord says in Luke 12, 20, Luke 12, 20, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee, then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and not rich toward God. So the end of the, that's because the end of the road is destruction. Destruction of everything he's built in life. It's all destroyed. His health, his body is destroyed. The friendships, the relationships, they're gone, destroyed. No longer has a family. No longer owns a home. His possessions are gonna become who knows who. That's what the Lord said. Luke 12, 20, Luke 12, 20. He no longer has his career, he doesn't have his work, he can't enjoy his, his, his hobbies, his recreations, all destroyed, all destroyed, because that's really what death is, destruction. And since both ways lead to eternity, death does not mean annihilation or ceasing to be. Hell is not the disappearance of souls, hell is eternal. Just as heaven is the place of eternal life, Hell is the place of eternal death. And, and, and that's what makes the narrow way so wonderful because he says in, the Lord says in verse 14, verse 14, that straight as the gate, the narrow way, narrow is the way that leads unto life. It leads to life. So the Lord starts here in verse 13 with a command. Do this. Enter ye in at the straight gate. Then the Lord gives a reason for entering at the straight gate, which is really a warning. A warning in verse 13. He says, he goes right to wide is the gate, broad is the way that leads to destruction. In other words, the Lord was saying that hell is real, hell is to be feared, but then the Lord finishes up, and this is the beautiful part, he finishes up with the assurance that look, there's the other way. Other way, he says in verse 14, straight is the gate, narrow is the way, which leads to life, few there be that find it. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for opening the gate through your precious son, Father. Thank you that he, through his blood, through his broken body, opened that gate, that whosoever will can find it. Help us, Lord, each one here, to obey you, fulfill the law and the prophets, and put ourselves in the shoes of a lost person 
and ask ourselves the question, what would we want to help us to find the way? In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 